0: Episode 213, Bonus Edition, Interview with Erica Terry. I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, host of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now.
1: Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may
0: not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your
1: passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering Educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered.
0: Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Erica Terry is a 17-year educator who currently serves as a professional learning consultant and coach committed to empowering co-teachers to build collaborative relationships and transform instruction in inclusion classrooms to meet the needs of all students. In addition to her role as a consultant, she also is an entrepreneur and host of the Classroom to CEO podcast, where she equips educators to build an online business and create multiple streams of income. While empowering educators to create a life they love embodies her professional passion, her husband Melvin and daughter Eva are the driving force and greatest blessings in her life. Oh, and sneak peek. Be sure to stay till the end because she has an amazing update since our call. Well, hey, Erica, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I
0: am excited, too. I've been really looking forward to this conversation for a while, and I'm going to tell the audience in a minute why, but why don't you get us started and just set the stage? How did you and I connect
1: we actually connected through your podcast. Um, I am brand new to this whole podcast world. Um, I've typically in the past I've always like just read a lot. And so um I wanted to add some new flavor to it. So I was looking for like education podcasts and I came around um to yours and I just really resonated with your message. Um, I like how you're so clear and um, have a clear message that, you know, you know exactly who you're talking to. And then the whole Are You Elite episode just made me like, oh, my gosh, I have to reach out. To her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored that you did so. And I will tell guests that. I get pitched a lot of time by like different businesses. Like I want to get on your podcast. I want to talk about my product, but I do have some educators that are like, Hey, I just think I have some value I want to share, but was so unique about the way you did it is you were very specific about what stood out to you about my audience, about my message and how you thought you could contribute. So this is just a a life lesson. I think if you're looking to connect with someone and collaborate, being able to say and recognize, I see this of value because, but I am also willing to bring value because, and here's why. And I thought your email was just so to die for in terms of professional, but very specific and polished. And I just wanted to give you a shout out in front of everyone listening that you get A for that wonderful email that 100% drew me in, and I was like, yes, you absolutely will be a guest.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. But yes, and everything I said was just so true. Like, I mean, what you're doing is phenomenal. And to all those teachers out there, like, just take her advice um, and definitely just rock with it like you're awesome. So thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Well, goodness, I need to keep you around more often. You're a good confidence booster. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you tell us, walk us backwards, but tell us what your current position is in the educational field, but then also help us understand how you got to that point.
1: I sure will. So currently I am an educational consultant um, An instructional coach is my title, but I go into schools and I specifically work with co-teachers, helping to empower them, helping them to build those strong relationships. Um, Co-teaching is so tough. And so I work with, you know, helping them collaborate with one another and definitely to differentiate instruction so that they're able to meet the needs of all students um, in those classrooms. But my journey here, I've been in education for 17 years and it was a long journey. I'm going to be honest. Um, I started off as a high school biology teacher. Um, I taught for nine years and then I actually went into like counseling and administration. Um, And then I had a baby, it took me and my husband, like 10 years to have our child. Um, Yeah, it was a real struggle, you know, and we were almost at the point, you know, we were ready to give up. And then we were blessed tremendously. But that changed everything for me. Um, Having my daughter just really made me value, you know, time, um, and definitely wanting to be a part of her life. And so I just walked away from the whole administration thing. Like, it was stressful, um, very time-consuming, and I went into consulting. and I started working at the state level, um, actually in Ohio, Ohio Department of Ed, and then I moved here to Georgia, and I've been a consultant ever since, and loving what I do.
0: That's an amazing journey, especially the part about teaching high school, because when I was learning to become an instructional coach, I worked for the new teacher project at Teach Charlotte, and I was in high school realm of summer school. And I realized very quickly that although we had slotted these potential teachers as being science educators, they were so knowledgeable in their area of expertise But they Mm -hmm. struggled to convey what they knew in a way that kids would understand and connect with. And so just because at the high school level you are brilliant in math or science or whatever it is, you've really got to have that teacher skill of being able to break it down so folks can connect and understand. And I just had a whole new respect for high school teachers who are both super knowledgeable in one specific aspect, but can also teach so that kids who are new for the first time hearing the information, they can grasp. And be successful. So, kudos to you.
1: Yes, that is definitely a tight rope that you have to walk in high school. And then um, the hardest lesson, and I know you have a lot of new teachers that listen to your podcast, but one of the most difficult lessons for me was going into that situation thinking that by the time a student gets to high school, they should know how to do this. You know, I was a science teacher, so they should right. know how to right. be in a lab or, right. you know, they should understand. Procedures and protocols, and they just didn't. And so, um, um, realizing that just because students are in high school, you still have to teach your procedures, you still have to teach them the routines, you still have to set those expectations and just treat it like they're walking in and they don't know anything because. Mm -hmm. Especially when you work with nice graders, that's what it feels like.
0: Well, they're also battling being new on campus. So there's a whole slew yeah. of things that freshmen are facing that <laughs> Oof, I, I just don't envy that teacher that has to help them navigate this new world, new content area. Your locker's way over here. You have all these teachers. You know, just everything. Right. It's like, Well, I wanted to ask you what the best lesson you've learned in one of these roles is. Would you say it's that you shouldn't, you know, underestimate or overestimate what students know? Or is there something else that you take away from your experience?
1: Um, I think the greatest lesson that I've learned is the importance of having high expectations. And so like a lot of times, you know, we have expectations for our students. We even have expectations for ourselves. But like I told you, I work with co-teachers. And um, one of the things that I encounter the most is that there are no expectations set for co-teaching. Yes. And so because there aren't those expectations, it ends up resulting in a lot of frustration. And so at every level, no matter if you're an administrator, if you're a teacher, definitely set those expectations. Have a conversation about what you think co-teaching should look like, um, what you expect from your co-teacher, what you expect from yourself, and kind of just come together, have those conversations, and um, establish those expectations. And from there, it will eliminate a lot of the frustration that you would experience. So definitely setting high expectations for everyone.
0: What makes you so passionate about the co-teaching model?
1: To be honest, um, it's very surprising to me. Like when I think back to where I was when I first started, um, co-teaching was like the most frustrating area for me. Um, And I co-taught every single year that I was a teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in the beginning, it like caused me the most, headache. Like when we talk about that, I know you've seen that hashtag teacher problem. Yeah, Co-teaching <laughs> yeah. was definitely my teacher problem. Um, because as a general ed teacher in that situation, I just often felt like I was carrying the majority of the load on my own. Um, I felt like, you know, the special education teacher that I worked with, especially those first couple of years, she was on the, her way to retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of had clocked out already, you know? Yeah and just trying to count down those days and finish her career. And so it was just a very frustrating experience. And what I realized is that as long as I remain frustrated about it, like it was never going to improve. And so I began to focus on just making that situation, making co-teaching as positive as, as I could. Um, making sure that I was building a relationship with my co-teachers, you know, that we were having these open and honest conversations. And I kind of just fell into it. Like um, when I left teaching and, you know, went into administration and when I went to work at Ohio Department of Ed, it just kind of became my thing. (laughs) Um, And I love it. Like I, I totally love what I'm doing now. And so, you know, sometimes those doors open unexpectedly and you (laughs) just happen to walk into them and it becomes the best thing, like better than you ever could imagine.
0: But all those steps leading up are so important. You've got to maximize where you are right now you have no idea where it's gonna lead you what skills that you're gonna gain Um, and so don't get frustrated I've been in many spots where I wanted more or I wanted something different but because of me staying where I was and trying to make the best of it that is what Mm -hmm. propelled me to finally get what I wanted and I think what you're saying is stay the course because great things will happen if you're just open to them happening and then you take the risk when it comes
1: that is so true. I couldn't agree with you more. And you just never know, like, what I've come to realize, and this is just in life in general, with definitely as an educator, is that when you're going through those hard times, there's always a purpose behind it. And you may not recognize what it is. It. But if you like stay committed to it, if you keep working to try to solve and just get through it, as and like one day you're going to look back and be like, wow, if I didn't go through that, then I wouldn't be able to appreciate where I am now. Right. And so, yes.
0: Trust the process. Well, in mm-hmm. your current role, you are working with so many teachers. Do you find that there's a specific quality or characteristic of what makes an educator great?
1: Uh, yes, actually, I think like the most Um, important element for me is to, um, it's kind of twofold. One is being patient with yourself um, and understanding that you are perfectly imperfect. I love that phrase, but um, teachers are held to such a high standard and everyone expects them to be perfect, like in everything, right? Um, We're always shooting to get that high, the highest reach our goals and reach those targets and help every single student and just be phenomenal every day. And so being patient and understanding like you're not going to be the best, especially if you're just starting off. And so doing your best every day, but learning, um, being open to constructive criticism and just Um, trying to grow in your craft day after day and really taking time to reflect and think about like I put all this effort into planning this lesson I just knew it was going to go great and then when I actually implemented it it didn't go none of it went the way that I thought it would And so um, being very reflective and patient with yourself and understanding like it will come you just have to keep practicing practice makes perfect And don't beat yourself up. Don't get stressed out about it Um, and just start small. That's what I always tell everybody. Just try to do one thing, change one little aspect, um, work on one little part. And once you get that, add something else to it. And one day you'll walk in and you are just rocking and rolling.
0: That's right. Build that foundation. I I love your advice. And since we're kind of on the advice train, I want us to hone in on a specific listener. Now we've got a a bunch of types of listeners to this podcast. Like we mentioned, new teachers. We also have teachers that are in transition, maybe leaving their role or trying something new. Some are in distress. Mm -hmm. They might be losing their job or, you know, they're being told that they're really not up to snuff. Uh, We also have teacher leaders like yourself and myself. So if you Mm -hmm. were to pick one group of these teachers to speak to directly and really hone in a piece of advice, who would you pick? And what would you say?
1: Well, I would definitely, um, I kind of think I have advice kind of for the new teacher, but also that teacher that's in transition, or you're entering a new role, Um, you might be, you know, being an instructional coach, um, being a teacher leader an administrator, But for any teacher that's in a new role or you're a new teacher, my advice is to fake it until you make it. And I say that jokingly, but with all seriousness, um, (laughs) because like I said earlier, we're expected to be perfect in so many areas. And it's just not realistic. Like you're not going to be good at everything. And so... Those areas that you struggle in, or if there's a, if you're in high school and you're a content teacher and there's some part of the content that you're just not going to know as well as you know those other parts, then my advice is always to do your best and to just keep learning. Like, um, just keep going in there every day. If you're a brand new instructional coach, um, Or even for me, I work with co-teachers at every level. All of my experience was high school. So when I go into elementary schools, it's totally different (laughs) from what I experienced (laughs) as a teacher. And so I'm giving advice the best that I can when we're trying to work through things. Like, you know, I'm trying to give them the strategies that I think will work. But things don't always work out as I thought they would or as a teacher thought they would. And so we're just going to keep doing it. Like, we're going to keep trying. We're going to get through this together. But just walk in there every day with confidence, knowing that you're doing the best that you can. And you'll be all right. Like, it'll all work out.
0: Absolutely. I love that mentality. You're so... Positive. Is there someone you go to for your own lessons of learning? Do you have a mentor? Is there someone you turn to to continue your learning?
1: Well, yes, there is. I have my real mentor um, that I meet with for coffee or for lunch. name is Elisa Falco. She's actually the vice president of the Georgia Charter School Association. Um, And um, when I was an administrator, I was in the charter school world. And so that's how we kind of connected. And we've just remained friends like through all of these years. So, you know, when I need someone, I need to just event or, you know, get some stuff out. I'm like, Elisa, um, I need that coffee or, you you know, let's meet for lunch or something like that. So she's definitely who I lean on um, in my practice. But then I have those mentors that don't know they're my mentors because I'm following them like on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) or um, something like that. But they inspire me every single day. Um, Tim from Teachers on Fire, I've actually started, I reached out to him and started collaborating with him um, and writing for his magazine, Teachers on Fire magazine. And so now I'm able to, not only follow him on Twitter, but also I can send him an email, you know, and get some advice. So that's definitely been really helpful. And then um, starting my own teacherpreneurial journey, um, one day I want to start a podcast to be more like you, right? That's right. Um, so it. Yes. So trying to learn all of the business aspects, I um, follow Nicole Walters, I love her and so um, Just watching her platform and just trying to learn more about the business side of um, this whole teacherpreneurial journey that I'm starting.
0: Yeah. So what I hear you saying is you pick a mentor who's great in one area that you're trying to develop and you watch and learn from them, connect with them when you can. But you've got other mentors to help serve you in other areas like you don't have to go to just one person. There's not going to be someone that knows it all and can help you grow everywhere you need to. So decide ahead of time. Who it is that you want to follow, or what it is you want to grow in, and be bold and reach out to them. Like you said, follow them, and then be brave and email or tweet or whatever it is. But speaking of like social media, and you're mentioning mm. all these folks you're following, is that how you make sure you're consistently learning and growing and staying current on what's happening in the field?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and it's- Especially being out of the classroom, like you're not that direct, like you will read the strategy, but you can't actually implement it yourself. Right. And so, um, definitely, like Twitter is the best place to find. Like anytime I'm looking for some type of strategy, or you know, there's some issue that I really don't know how to handle. So you know, I told you, fake it till you make it. So you find someone that's doing it. Um. And so definitely. Twitter and like I said I've just started listening to podcasts and so it's so much information out here and what I'm learning is that people are so willing to help you like if you just send an email or if you go in their direct message and like ask them to give you more information if they tweet something out or they tried something and it looks cool. I promise you, if you reach out to them, people will help you. They will give you the don't do this part, do this part, or, you know, check out this book. Um, But they'll lead you to get more information or get what you need. So definitely don't be afraid to reach out to people because nine times out of 10, like they're gonna help you. And if they don't, you just end up, you're at the same spot that you were before. So you didn't lose anything. Um, So definitely Um, Just put yourself out there and ask and people are going to support you like that's one thing about us educators everyone wants to see each other win and so um nobody's like not sharing their knowledge or not sharing with you because we all can grow together
0: that's so good you were mentioning you know teacher techniques or whatever it is you want to grow in but I wanted to backtrack to that moment in the classroom where you felt like you had that all-star moment where everything came together perfectly. The lesson landed well, you were on top. Uh, and I do this not just to embarrass you, but to allow mm-hmm. other folks to beg, borrow, and steal your ideas. So is there a moment in time you can bring us back to and tell us about that all-star moment?
1: Well, my all-star moment actually happened very early for me. Um, As you said, in high school, like you're this constant expert and, um, you know, you get so excited about all of these things that you know and you want to, you know, share them with everyone. And sometimes you just don't connect, um, especially with high school students, right? (laughs) And so um, I ended up at a school that was not culturally diverse and no one was the same culture as me. I'll just leave it at that. Um, And so I had to figure out other ways to connect. Um, And with that being said, I might be telling my age here, but back then, um, I heard some of the students, some of the guys talking about Dragon Ball Z, and they were like all into this cartoon, Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) And so I went home and I kind of binge-watched, we really didn't even (laughs) call it that at the time, but I kind of binge-watched. Dragon Ball Z and I actually really did end up loving it but um, (laughs) I binge watched it just so that I could kind of connect with them because I wasn't connecting with this group and so um, I incorporated it into my lesson and from there I had them hooked and just it really helped me to realize like the importance and value of connecting with students any way that you can and so you know, connecting to their real life, but also connecting to their interests. And from there, I just started to use that, like, as often as I could, which really wasn't that hard because I taught biology. But, um, you know, I just started connecting. And once you connect with them, once you get them hooked, like, there's nothing that they won't do for you. You know what I'm saying? And right. so I learned that very early in my career and it just really helped me um, throughout like even now working with adults I use that same philosophy like I'm going to figure out a way that I'm going to connect with you like we're going to connect on a personal level much more than just this high vibe we're going to keep it professional like I'm going to dig in and get in your business and you know, <laughs> ask you about your family and Try to find out what you like so that we can talk about those things and not have to just always be 100% professional and talk about co-teaching all the time, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love this. And I feel like this part of the episode could be called, you know, how Dragon Ball Z changed my teaching career. Right. It
1: is the truth. I am telling you, because (laughs) when I say, I felt like every day they kind of were just looking at me like, who is she? (laughs) Uh,
2: um,
1: and then it went from, by the end of the year, like they were making me, uh, I feel like I'm really telling my age, but this is when we used to make the DVDs and like, I mean, not the DVDs but CDs and put like different mixed songs on yeah. them. And so by the end of the year, they were like giving me mixed CDs, like, you know, Miss Crawford, I wasn't married at that time, but like, listen to this, you know, they wanted to just connect with me on every level. So um, it was that. great though. Connections
0: that last a lifetime.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Hey, y'all, I just want to take a quick second to let you know, support for this episode is brought to you by PowerSchool. They know teachers go above and beyond for students, but teachers need help too, especially as they're asked to do more every day. And that's why PowerSchool, now with Schoology, combines SIS, LMS, and assessment technology technology empowering teachers with more time for what really matters. Visit www.powerschool.com slash time for teachers to find out how teachers are using technology to unlock student success. PowerSchool, time for teachers. Well, let me ask you about all your current projects that you're working on. I know that you have this co-teach like a stars. I don't know if it's a professional learning um, opportunity that folks can can enjoy or experience. Tell me more about that.
1: Well, yes. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm all about co-teaching, and um, I do training and consulting. And so, yes, I am creating a program right now. I'm calling it Co-Teach Like Stars. But you know, I'll let you in on a little secret. I have some meetings set up with some publishers, so it might be ah. turned into something a little different. But it definitely will be a project around co-teaching. Um, Hopefully it'll be a book and then a supplemental course that's going to go with it. Um, and so yes, that's what I've been working on, trying to bring co-teaching to the forefront, making sure that I have a resource that makes co-teaching simple um, but fun, and you know, really hone in on building these collaborative relationships where. Teachers, if we work together, we actually can work less and accomplish a whole lot more. So that's the message that I want to bring. How can we work together, collaborate, so that we're spending less time to accomplish more?
0: That's amazing. I love your mission. I love why you're doing it. It's such a need. In our profession of providing those parameters and guidance, like you said, there's there's not much uh, in terms of a formula of how to work together in a co-teaching environment. And you're kind of demystifying that, but also, you know, bringing some confidence and some encouragement into the conversation so that folks don't dread this and think it's one extra thing. But this is actually a really Mm -hmm. great, unique opportunity that can have quite the impact on our students, which is the most important thing.
1: Yes, and if you do it together, it really becomes less for everybody if we're working together to get stuff done. And so, I um, definitely want to change the culture of teaching because I know for me, um, before I just started looking at it differently, it was a struggle those first couple of years, like just stressed me out to the max. And now, um, I. I'm still seeing that same, you know, I still go into schools and when I talk to teachers, they're just like, look, I don't know what this is supposed to be. No one has ever trained me like what is co-teaching supposed to be? And so we still have this big question mark out there about it. Um, And so, yes, I'm definitely trying to demystify that.
0: Love it. Well, I do want to be respectful of your time, so I want to ask you before you go, how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator?
1: Um, For me, I think the most important thing is always connecting it back to why you entered education to begin with. Um, You have to remember that why. Because if you don't, you will get lost in the shuffle. Like when you think about like all of the testing, it becomes, let me get the kids ready for the test. Um, You know, let me keep moving, even though Johnny is 10 um, lessons behind because we got to get to the test, you know? And so I think that you have to go back and remember why you became an educator, what it is that you wanted to achieve. And addition to that, you also need to, for me, I have to keep like a, and I know it sounds like cliche, but I really do have the vision board that I, re, I redo it every single year. And it just keeps me focused on what it is that I want to accomplish um, and who it is that I want to serve. Obviously, when I first came to education, it was all about the students. And as my roles have changed, that has changed as well. And so I make sure that every year I'm looking at my vision. I'm looking at who I want to serve, who I want to empower. And then I execute my plan so that I can achieve those goals. And so just keeping in the forefront who it is that you want to empower, who do you want to help and how do you want to help them? And that will keep you going. It'll be that fuel that you need to keep going.
0: So good. Erica, thank you so much for your time. Can you tell us how we can connect with you on social media and your website?
1: Yes, you can find me. My website and my social media is ericaterry.co.com. Um, so if you're ericaterry with the dot .com, give it up so that I can get it. But um, no, realistically, on every social media platform, you can find me at ericaterryco, and my website is www.ericaterry.co.
0: Great. I will put all of that in the show notes so folks can find it, make sure they spell it right, and connect with you with all their co-teaching questions.
1: Well, thank you. And I will definitely be here to help you. And like I said, you can either email or... Um, direct message. But if you have a question, I will help you
0: out. Oh, she is the best, y'all. You better reach out to her (laughs) let you know you heard this episode. You find it valuable and ask her a question that's going to help make you better. So she's encouraging you to connect. Please take advantage of that. And in terms of you, Erica, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us and share your experience. It was just a joy to hear your story and hear about your mission.
2: Well,
1: thank you so much. I appreciate all that you're doing and just keep rocking it out. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Bye. All right, y'all. I'm about to let you in on the update that Erica shared with me since our chat. And it's amazing. I am so proud of her, so excited for her. Listen to what's been going on. Hey
2: there, Gretchen. So much has happened since our interview. I know we talked about all of the work that I'm doing with co-teaching and how I am coaching um, co-teachers to build stronger relationships and transform their instruction so that they're meeting the needs of all students and i am so excited to share that I got a book deal. I am officially writing um, a book in the Hacking Teaching Series with Time Tens Publications. And so it's going to be about hacking co-teaching and how um, co-teachers can work together um, to build stronger relationships and just do more in less time. So working together and it's going to be released next year. So look for that in 2021. And then I've also launched my own podcast called Classroom, the CEO. So I would definitely love for people to just stop on by if you're interested in starting your own online business, creating multiple streams of income as an entrepreneur, then you're definitely going to want to check out. The Classroom, the CEO podcast. And Gretchen, you know I'm going to have to have you on soon so that you can share with us all of the insight that you have from being the awesome entrepreneur that you are. Once again, thanks for having me on the show. And maybe I can come back next year and share my journey of writing this book um, before it's released. So I will see you all soon. Thank you for having me. Have a great day.
0: Oh, Erica, that's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. Keep going, girl. Y'all, this is what happens when you have goals. No matter what they are, she is focused on helping educators become their best selves. In the variety of roles that she has had, she has been able to show up and make a difference. And I am so thankful that I got to connect with her, but I'm even more appreciative of all that she does to give back and I'm just so proud of her for going after her dreams, accomplishing big things, and being able to look back at her journey and say, I have given back in the greatest way possible. So Erica, high five. I think what really stuck out to me about our conversation together is a few things. If I had to narrow them down, I would say she absolutely has a point about not just teaching students content, but also helping them navigate new scenarios like being a freshman new on campus or switching classes for the first time. I mean, these are big moments in kids' lives and being able to help them learn the skills necessary to navigate life in addition to navigate their academic world. And secondly, When she was discussing the lack of expectations, especially for coaches, and it just being very unclear because it was such a new position, it resonated so much with me. But I think this happens a lot when new things are adopted in education and we just kind of run with it without really thinking through what does this look like and getting it all fine-tuned before we implement. And what happens is frustration. We have no boundaries and no structures in place. So I highly appreciate her bringing that to the forefront as a habit that we keep finding ourselves in as educators and to be more mindful that when that happens, we need to pause, reset, get on the same page, decide how we're moving forward. And lastly, just trusting the process. You know, life is full of twists and turns. And she mentioned the phrase being perfectly imperfect. And I think that's what it's like to be an educator. If we are truly lifelong learners and challenging ourselves to do big and different things. We're never going to do it right the first time or the first couple of times, and that is okay because growth and progress are the most important things. So this has been a very special interview. Erica, if you're listening, I appreciate you so much. Can't wait to jump on your podcast and talk all things entrepreneur life. I appreciate you so. Thank you for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Erica Terry. Now go on and be great because you've just been Empowered.